You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our first guest today is Dr. Mira Farka. She's with Cal State University Fullerton's Mahalo College of Business and Economics. We'll get to her in a minute. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and normally Thursday at 3 p.m. But today we're at our special time of 4 p.m. here on octalkradio.net, Orange County's only community radio station. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to consider listening live during our broadcast times. The show is brought to you by our commercial advertisers, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and our newest sponsor, Center Club. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, of CEOs running middle market firms to improve your decision-making skills. And oh, do we have a good one for you today. Last week, for those of you here in Orange County, you know the mid-year economic forecast was put on by Cal State Fullerton's business school. Uh, Dean and Neil Puri was there, and Mira Farka was the featured speaker, as she always is. And they do two of those updates a year. The mid-year is in, you know, April, and the uh, annual event is in October. And I attend all of those because I love to uh, hear what they have to say. Frankly, I have to be honest, I didn't love hearing what they had to say over the past few years, but it's getting better, isn't it, Dr. Farka? It is, Rick. And uh, I was going to say, thank you for having me here today. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, it's great. I'm so thankful we were able to have you on the show live in addition to the audio that we picked up uh, during the uh, during the session. So there was a lot in the mid-year, even though it's a mid-year, right? It's not the yeah. full economic forecast. Right. You had a lot of content, and you had six months since the last one to talk about both trends that are positive and risks to, to the national global economy and then also specifically here in Southern California and Orange County. Absolutely. Uh, A lot of things have happened over the last uh, six months. I mean, there's, uh, and as you mentioned, most of it for the better, which is which is the good news. Right. So, uh, in terms of sort of an overview, we we have a slightly more upbeat. As you, we, we've talked about it even right. right after the event. You said this is the most positive you heard in in quite a while, right? Right. It was. Uh, so that was we were very pleased to share a little bit uh, better news this time around. Uh, the overall outlook has improved, uh, but at the same time, we go into the details and we talked about the fact that. Uh, why we're not forecasting a breakout year or mm-hmm. why there actually won't be a breakout year over the uh, over at least for the remaining of this uh, decade right which is a sobering thought but maybe it's not you know what i mean maybe we're yeah. so maybe we're so used to a boom and bust mentality that maybe this one we won't well th- this get one as quickly th- this is what we've been saying, sort of like the new normal. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it, the next three years for sure will be the best of the decade, in our opinion. Um, so in terms of our forecast. But clearly, uh, you know, there's long-term trends that are sort of holding us back. There's also, you know, short-term risks that we're facing. And, uh, of course, if you take into account even the more longer-term trends like the demographic changes, um, household behavioral changes, uh, all those are sort of going to slow us down. And the fact that, you know, overall, there is seem to be sort of a shift uh, both on the part of the household and, and on the part of the businesses since the uh, Great Recession. Right. And that's what we think it's going to sort of hold us back, and it's not going to be your usual garden variety sort of recovery. One of the... Um 
key messages that you continue to deliver um, is employment topics. Because there seems to have been a trend that predates this last recession about this concept of a jobless recovery. This isn't the first jobless recovery we've had. It's just this one is such a dramatic recession and there was so much joblessness created right. that it ex- I feel like it exaggerates it. It, it. It's a bad situation, but it really magnifies the fact that but, we're not creating enough jobs in this economy right. to suck up the people that are entering it, let alone all the people that were displaced from the last recession. It, it seems to me, and you guys did a very good job talking about technology, the, right. the positives of technology and the risks that and the, effect, the negative effects of right. technology in the workforce. And so I think that happens regardless if we're in a boom or bust economy, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's actually very interesting. I don't think we talk enough about it to sort of fully understand, uh, you know, the, the, the slow-moving trends that are occurring in the labor market. Uh, and you were absolutely right. If this was not for the fact that we lost about 9 million jobs during the recession, this would be just like the other two recession, recessions and recoveries where we lost a few jobs and we recovered them slowly, but we recovered them over time. Obviously, the reason you know why we feel so much more pain now is because we had so many more jobs that we lost. Um, but one thing that I think gets overlooked, and there's been quite a bit of studies in economics about this, especially lately, is that... You know, technology, as you mentioned, is replacing jobs more and more. And that's because it's a lot easier to go and buy a machine than if you actually have to hire a workforce. You have to basically provide their health care and you have to provide, you know, benefits and so on. So businesses are adjusting in many different ways. And and we've highlighted this as well. We have part-time jobs that are actually created in a lot bigger numbers this time around than before. Full-time employment is, I mean, total employment is now back to where it was before the recession, almost. 400,000 jobs short, but... Uh, full, but part, but basically, full-time jobs are about four million people short as the you know prior to the recession. So there's certainly a shift. Temp employment is up versus you know uh, temporary employment. If you actually look at it from 2004, uh, growth is about 35 percent. You know the 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 overall uh, employment sort of growth is about five percent since 2004. So obviously, you know, businesses are adjusting. But one thing that I sort of want to point out, and we didn't really have time to sort of delve into it too much deeper, but the it's true that since the basically the mid 80s, because of technological uh, you know sort of changes that have happened, and they're so rapid. Labor is being replaced sort of by machines more and more. And this is, you know, we've had these jobless recoveries before. The interesting thing is that it doesn't happen steadily, as one would think. Okay. It actually happens right away, right after the recession. Wow. And then every single recession sort of keeps you at a lower base in terms of employment. So it compounds the problem of right. jobless recessions because companies turn to technology right. to strengthen their business coming out of the recession. Right. And you'd think that wow. these are slow-moving trends, but they're not. Actually, they only occur right after a, a recession. And then there's nothing happening for a while until the next recession, which replaces the next wave of workers. So it's a little bit counterintuitive in a sense. Right. And we have about two minutes until our first commercial break. So um, this is such a fascinating part of it because you're right. You can read the headlines of your right. economic mid-year review and, and forecast, and, and it's encouraging. But especially in the area of employment, the deeper you look at the research that you've done – 
and I'm correct in saying that you and the organization that you and the dean kind of lead here really take the leadership role in constructing that report. Correct? Yes, yes. And we have a team of uh, uh, experts as well as students, actually, that oh, work yeah. with us, which is pretty good because, you know, it gives them a sort of a legs up in uh, analysts. But yes. Right. Do. So it's put out by the Mahalo College of Business and Economics, but it's also put out by... The Center for Economic Forecasting and Of analysis. which you are... I'm the co-director and so is Anil Pori, the dean. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that that's a separate entity that's doing this research, right? right? right. I mean, it's, it's affiliated with the college, but it's also its own organization. Absolutely. Um, so many of the jobs are low-wage, yes. part-time. It's just, it, it, it feels to me that the that we're, we're living through interesting times in how we are moving to another age of something in our workforce, right? Absolutely. And, you know, these things happen um, when this great shift occur. I mean, this is happening, you know, if you go back 200 years ago with the Industrial Revolution, I mean, that, you know, that was one of the big changes that kind of displaced uh, workers from the labor force with machines. I mean, now we have the digital age technology, of which we touched on a little bit in the media forecast. So obviously, you'll have these changes that occur. And, and this doesn't really, I mean, it's worrisome, but it, I, I'm not too worried about this because we'll find a way to go through this. We've been through these things before. We've been through these cycles before. We've been through the electricity, you know, uh, inventions before that have sort of had this huge productivity bus sort of so booms and then and then basically have had some kind of negative impact on the labor force so now we have to find a way to retrain that labor force right. to be able to actually deal with the futures right. labor market and and um that that's the dicey part about being an economist um in my opinion watching it from the outside i marvel at it because on one hand you have all this real world data and information mm-hmm. But you also can, and it's in the moment, but you also have to take a, you, you're professionally trained to take a longer term view. You know, it, when it becomes right. a history lesson, some of the emotion of the <laughs> fact that it's our friends and family that are out of work right. and have to be retrained, you can be dispassionate about that and a little bit what I think is more objective. Right. But when you're in it for the moment, it seems like it's not hysteria because it's really important, but it is a trend that we're unfortunately, for some people, having to live through. And there's really nothing, there's nothing that, people can do about it right no i mean I, I, yeah it's I mean, not at the moment i mean longer term this this things will have to take some time they'll right. have to run their course and that's actually i mean that's that's one of, that's that's the hard part like you said i right. mean it is it is sort of it's hard for me to see you know my students having a harder time uh with you know landing a job because the job market is so hard to uh to sort of penetrate these days some of the job market some of the job market and on, exactly. on that note we're going to take our first commercial time out because my engineer is giving me the time to break and i'm so excited to have dr mira farka here in the studio and I have all this audio. We're going to work it out, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. You're going to learn a lot from this conversation after these words from our commercial sponsors. Commercial Bank of California, or CBC, is a well-funded, full-service bank located in the heart of Orange County. When it comes to safety and stability, CBC has one of the highest levels of capital of any commercial bank ranked in the top 6% in the nation. Commercial Bank of California was founded in 2003 by a group of Orange County's finest entrepreneurs. To this day, our bank is governed by our founders, including General William Lyon of William Lyon Homes, Alex Morello of the Morello Group, and Frank Willie of Fidelity National Financial, to name a few. In short, we're a bank founded, built, and run by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs, Every business in Orange County should be our customer. However, if your business is looking for a bank that can assist in finance, production, analytics, and risk management, there's no 
better bank to choose. To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-7000 or visit us on the web at www.combancal.com. Member FDIC. talk about your family business you know that thing you put your whole life's blood sweat and tears into well what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children at succession strategies we can help you find the answers we'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I have Dr. Mira Farka. She's with the Department of Economics. Well, it's actually the business school, the Mahalo College of Business and Economics at Cal State University, Fullerton. Right? Absolutely. you got it right. You're going to do the brand. It's a mouthful. Do it, do it right. right. But, <laughs> it's a mouthful. Yeah, ready to learn, ready to lead, uh, Cal State Fullerton. Um, I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 12,500 shows in the last 30 days, and we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. Of course, all of our shows can be heard live here on Internet radio station, octalkradio.net, or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented services. As I said, Dr. Farka is our guest. You know, we, we ended that by saying some of the students, maybe the business school students, are having trouble finding work. But there are other colleges right. that are, can't kick out enough graduates, and there are trade schools that can't meet the demand for technical trades in manufacturing. You said energy during the break. It, we really have to reorient, I think, our population towards where the jobs are in the future, and they're not always in science and engineering, although right. there clearly are a lot there. No, I absolutely agree, and, and that's why I don't... I'm, I think it's good that we're talking about this, about the issues that we have in the labor market, but 
I also find it as an opportunity. I mean, this is a very good opportunity to basically start, take a step back and think and retrain our workforce. What our new workforce will look like? How would it actually meet the demands of tomorrow? I mean, you know, some of the unemployment that we see, for example, about 0.5% of it is due to what's called the sort of structural change. It's sort of an issue about, you know, skills mismatch, right? I mean, okay. it's very difficult for firms to basically, and I hear this all the time, to find qualified workers. And uh, it, it is, some of it is in STEM, so, so science and technology and, you know, engineering and mathematics. But as you mentioned, we were speaking in the break, obviously some of it actually doesn't have to be, you know, college educated. It can actually be sort of vocational schools where we can can have sort of the business community work with community colleges, work with, you know, the the, the, sort of the local uh, uh, business leaders where you can find niches where education can actually help to train the future uh, workforce. And, And I think we're lacking a little bit behind. We're a little bit slow on this. But I'm pretty optimistic that this will actually create a better workforce. So that this, mm. we can use the sort of issues that we're facing right now with the slow recovery in the labor market to basically open up an opportunity. I agree. I, I'm very optimistic about it. But as we said before, uh, when we look back on this, we'll see the lessons learned and the positive that came from it. When you're living through it, it's hard to it keep seems, that perspective, especially if you've been touched by it. And this recession touched so many people in so many industries. It's We all sort of felt it, right? I mean, you know, you had True. to stand up in front of those audiences of hundreds of people and deliver news that was just very painful oh, yeah. I, a couple of times I had to beg him not to shoot me, but yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah it was, I'm only it the was, messenger, it was tough. right? Yeah. Yeah. It was tough a couple right. of times. Well, you know, uh, the dean was your... Uh, uh, let's see, your co-star that day. Co-star. And um, I was able to get a few minutes of his time before the economic conference. So I'm going to ask Paul, the engineer, to play the interview that I had with the dean. And then Dr. Mirafar can now come back and talk more about the economic mid-year update. This is Rick Franzi with Critical Mass Radio Show on location in Orange County for the Cal State Fullerton University Mid-Year Economic Outlook and Forecast. I have the pleasure of talking with Dean Anil Puri. And Dean, in reading the report, I see that you've identified four positive trends. Could you highlight those for our audience? Certainly. You know, this is probably our most upbeat forecast in the last five years. Things have been slowly getting better, and I think we are now at the cusp of a much more rapid growth, both in the national economy but also in Orange County. Some of the positive trends that we see, for example, one the most important one right now is housing sector. Housing prices have regained a substantial loss that the market suffered over many years. We're still not quite at the same level, and maybe we shouldn't be that quickly, uh, but it is on the men. And not only the housing prices, construction activity has gone up, is going to go up in the future. Uh, Secondly, uh, and maybe even more important, is employment gains. Though moderate employment has been increasing at the national level and the Orange County. We still haven't recovered all the jobs, I must point out, even five years after, four to five years after the recession ended. Uh, but we are on our way. And I think uh, over time, especially the remainder of this year and the next two to three years, we should see a substantially faster growth in jobs and employment. Now, in Orange County, there have been some exciting news lately. I'm sure that people have noted that. And that's the merger activity. Oculus got taken over by uh, Facebook for $2 billion. And uh, so I think that shows the strength of the Orange County's business sector and a lot of excitement that is taking place. Orange County continues to do well in terms of labor force participation and job growth. Uh, one weak spot, and if I may say, though it's, it's not clear right now where we are, 
and there's a startup, new businesses. Uh, until very recently, that number has been very, very low. During the recession, startups fell dramatically. But there's evidence now, at least anecdotal evidence, we'll find out uh, the numbers a little bit later, as to whether the pickup in the new firms starting up uh, is a reality. I think that'll be a real clue for the county's economy. That was something that you talked about last uh, fall when you did your annual economic outlook and forecast that uh, the lack of the startups was driving sort of unemployment. It was keeping unemployment back as well. That's correct. You know, a lot of the new employment uh, opportunities that are created by new firms. Existing firms employ some, but only when there's growth. New firms start from zero and start hiring, though they hire in small numbers. So the number of small new companies that start is very important for employment growth. So there's never only always good news. There's always things from an economist's perspective called risks. Could you talk to us a little bit about what you identified as the risks? This is Rick Franzi with Critical Mass Radio. Yeah, you know, we live in a complicated, nonlinear world. It's not all positive. It's not all uh, bright. Uh, There are always risks to, to, to keep in mind. And I think that right now the most important risk is the Federal Reserve policy with regard to interest rates and uh, uh, monetary easing. Right now, uh, Fed has been handling uh, the policy very well, very moderate reductions in, uh, in uh, bond buying. But w- what will happen in the next six to eight months is going to be important, how quickly the bond buying stops and interest rates go up. We believe that we won't see a rise in the federal uh, bank rate until at least the end of 2015 and maybe early 2016. I think that will give enough time for businesses to be in a a still better shape and housing market will be in better shape to withstand that increase in interest rate, which is bound to happen sooner or later, given where we are. So let's bring this down to Orange County. How do these macroeconomic trends, both positive and the risks, affect us here as a business owner and executive in the Orange County market? All of the things that I've mentioned are directly relevant to Orange County. Housing market and what happened with that. You know, for whatever reason, uh, housing starts fell in Orange County in 2013 compared to 2012. And that is not very good news. But I think uh, the first year's number that we've seen for the first three months look much better. And I think that needs to continue to, to get better for Orange County economy because we have a substantial uh, construction industry. But we're also the hub of high-tech in uh, medical devices and electronics. And those sectors are doing very well, and they'll continue to do very well. Now, geopolitical risk from Ukraine problems, to the extent that international trade is affected, we're going to be affected because we export a lot of our high-technology stuff abroad. Uh, So a lot of the national interest rates, what the Fed does at the national level, is going to affect mortgage rates and therefore county's economy. And so all of these trend, national trends have direct implications for Orange County. Well, I remember uh, that you have been consistently talking about how important construction as it relates to employment is here in Orange County. That was the hardest hit sector, I believe, in the layoffs that we saw in the, as far as the percentage of unemployed. Uh, do you see that employment and construction here in Orange County continuing to pick up? Sure. No, or, um, uh, construction employment got... Uh, was lo- and 45% of the jobs were lost in the construction industry during the recession, about 35,000 jobs. Now, the latest numbers show that about nine to 10,000 have been recovered. So there is still a long way to go if we, if we ever get to that level. 
So I think any improvement in construction is uh, very much uh, uh, satisfactory, very much needed. But the construction is not the only sector. It's not the largest employment sector anywhere. The largest employment sectors are professional services, engineers and architects and accountants. Uh, and I think that that is where um, overall employment is going to be greatly affected, how, how well, how quickly those sectors improve. Now, another important sector to keep in mind is the leisure and hospitality. Disneyland is the big gorilla, but there are a lot of other uh, entertainment and leisure activities going on in Orange County. And that sector has shown persistent uh, upward trend more than any other sector, even through the recession. And as the economy recovers and international travel improves, I think we'll see a positive benefit to Orange County from these these trends. Dean, as always, it's a pleasure to get a few minutes of your time at these economic outlooks and forecasts. Thank you for your time. I enjoy, and I look forward to listening to you and Dr. Farka. Thank you. And I was telling the truth, I was looking forward to it. Isn't he such a nice guy, the dean? Yes, he is, yes. Uh, uh, this is the extra job on top of being the dean of the right, school, right. sort of working with the forecast, yes. But we have Dr. Mira Farka here. As I said, she was the co-star with the dean for that, that luncheon. And um, we, we've been kind of hitting on employment. And I know that my audience are CEOs of middle market companies, and, and maybe employment isn't exactly their area of interest because they own the businesses right. or they run the businesses. Right. So then- but but they, they see it from a skills gap. Right. And, and and it's interesting to me that even during the height of the recession, when they did have the opportunity to hire, there was a continued feeling that it was difficult to find the right people for for job skills. And, and the ones that I, I guess I'm worried about, I had worried about the most, Dr. Farka, maybe you can help me to get a sense for that, were the older members of the workforce yeah. who had achieved some level of middle management, right. regardless of the industry, right. and who have been displaced because they became more expensive. And I worry, you talk about retraining and stuff, right. those seem like the ones, because of the ramp towards what was supposed to be retirement, is shorter for them. Have you any data on what's happening with workforce participation in that age group? Yeah, I mean, uh, so interestingly enough, I mean, people think that, you know, one of, one of the issues, uh, sort of, one of the main things that has happened during this recovery is basically the labor force participation, participation rates have dropped dramatically. But if you look at it more closely in terms of age groups as to which are the people that are actually withholding the labor or deciding to leave the labor force, uh, they're actually not who do you think it would be. They're not the 55 to 64, nor are they the 65-plus years old. I mean, these these people are actually choosing to stay longer in the workforce and okay. work longer in the workforce okay, good. For, for whatever reason. Now, having said that, because of the population age and because the you know the proportion because the uh, this age group as proportional population is actually getting bigger and bigger as the population is actually aging right. there are more of them who are actually retiring right. so we have both things more people are staying longer compared to say 20 years ago but also more people are also retiring so demographics are going to be a, a bit against us in terms of labor force participation rates right so you so could write a, a you could write a, a really a shocking headline about that right. that fact but you if you don't tell the fact that the mass numbers are also driving that trend anyway it's sort of it would take some of the steam would, out of the emotion of yeah, so many people that are working longer. They absolutely, have to work yeah. longer because of the recession. Well, absolutely, and, and and that's and one of the issues that has been, you know, exactly, you know, especially when you're targeting the older demographic, the the ones that are not, you know, say ten years prior to the uh, re- retirement age, and it's very difficult. You know, when we say that, you know, let's build public uh, projects and and you know, let's have infrastructure. 
uh, and let's employ these people. Well, you're not going to have mortgage bankers or you're not going to have people, that, I mean, you know, retrain right. overnight and actually work in construction, not at that age. not at, right. So those are, the, those are the sort of the demographics that I feel more worried about because those are the ones that are probably going to permanently leave the labor force and not come back because of the lack of the jobs, because the fact that the labor force, the profile of the labor force is changing dramatically. But if I remember correctly from uh, the mid-year, uh, one of the areas where the participation rate was the lowest was in the younger? Much younger gem- demographic. So right. let's hold that thought. We're going to take a commercial break, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, Dr. Farka is going to help us to understand why so many of those 20-somethings are back in your house, CEOs <laughs> of middle market companies, after these words from our commercial sponsors. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO Peer Groups. CEO Peer Groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. Well, all right. Well, I'm having a great time. I enjoy every guest on Critical Mass Radio Show. I've never had a bad guest, but some guests are just more interesting than others, and that is the case today with Dr. Mira Farker. We're talking all things economics. Well, she is. I'm just listening. Uh, I'd like to thank our audience demographic, who are 98% business owners and executives, who listen to learn from our 
guests their experiences. If your firm is interested in reaching top decision makers, then advertising on our radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of the program. We've delivered over 37,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions last month. If you'd like to advertise on the program, call Rose Chamora, 951-515-4661. All right, let's get back to this conversation with Dr. Farka. We're just touching the tip of what you guys presented during that luncheon. And if someone would like to get a copy of the mid-year uh, outlook and forecast, is that available for them? Yes, yes, it is available online at uh, at our Center uh, for Economic Analysis and Forecasting. So you go to business.fullerton.edu uh, and, and you'll find it there under one of the centers. Or Google search, right? Google search. CSUF, mid-year economic forecast. You get a good PDF of that. And it's an easy, I give you credit, it's an easy read. And it's, and well, you should see the first draft. It's a lot longer, so that's good. <laughs> okay. Well, the draft so we I give, read. So, so we give them. No, it's. I, I think it makes it more accessible to people. People don't have time to really read twenty pages of th- something. So we just highlight right. the main points, basically. Right. So it, thank you. Well, you're you're welcome. You know, uh, let's bring it back to Orange County because we do have eighty percent of our listening audience are in Southern right. California, and I know that in addition to talking about these national trends, you also spend you and the dean had spent some time talking mm-hmm. about specific issues, and and one of the industries in in Orange County that was most hard hit was construction. Absolutely, and I recognize as it's it's not the largest employer in the right. county, but it had. I think some of the biggest as a percent job losses, right? So yes. Can you give us a sense for how construction is faring in Orange County? So, I mean, so obviously during the recession, I mean, it basically sort of became a shadow of itself. Uh, it dropped by 50%. I mean, you, you know, anytime you have something short of a war, the workforce actually dropping right. by 50%, right. that's worrisome, right? So obviously there is clearly some structural change uh, that, that that is about to occur, and I think it already has occurred. Uh, but... It's coming back, which is good news. So obviously, we see some, we, we see quite a bit of construction activity with the housing market sort of on rebound, as Anil mentioned earlier. Uh, we should see further improvement in in construction, but we actually don't expect it to be, you know, to reach the level it was. At least not not to command as big of a workforce as it did prior to the recession. Because there won't be as much construction activity. Be- because there, well, because technology didn't really. That's well, not a disruptive force in construction. Well, it won't be. Well, well, it won't be as much of a boom as it was back. Okay. What dro- what drove the economic growth back okay. about a decade ago? So, right. uh, so certainly it will command a smaller share of the workforce. But that's like I said, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Again, it goes into the heart of the matter that we've got to retrain. Um, you know, the, the the new labor of the labor profile tomorrow will not really necessarily look like yesterday. So, right. you know, it's it's a little unfair, I think. That we measure ourselves over the off the peak of when the economy was overly mm-hmm. stimulated. Because yes. in my mind, it was an artificial demand. Absolutely, we we artificially created demand, which then supply yes. rushed to. And then, if we're trying to get back to that, that's un. I think that's unsustainable. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think we should. Right. That's why I think it's a good opportunity to sort of think. Uh, and and again, I want us to be a bit cautious. I know you hear people saying, you know, college is important. And and I agree with that. Obviously, I teach. I have my students, right? <laughs> make a living out of I it. I make yeah. a living out yeah. of it. But but let's just, I, I'm actually even more interested in pushing, I mean, not everybody's going to go to college. About a third of our, you know, workforce actually goes to college. In fact, U- U.S. has one of the highest educated workforces, believe it or not, compared wow. to the Germany or Europe and, and other European countries. 33% in U.S., about 26% in Germany, for example. So that's kind Did of an not interesting. Know that. Yes, it's an interesting uh, sort that of fact is. that kind of get, uh, gets lost. But uh, but again, we have to think also about vocational schools. We have to think good, good 
blue-collar work, uh, working jobs. Uh, energy sector would be right. one of the huge drivers, I think, that uh, will propel us going forward uh, on that direction. So we shouldn't, left, we shouldn't leave that behind. Obviously, the retraining that I'm talking about incorporates everything, including more college, but including particularly – uh, you know, being mindful that not everybody's going to go to college. Let's try to find a way to retrain those workers. Right. And uh, and, and I think that's where jobs. educational. Absolutely. You were saying you know eighty thousand. I mean, these are nice jobs that you can get through oh, technical yeah. training. Driving driving a truck in North Dakota will get you eighty thousand, and I think that's a fantastically good job for any college graduate. Right. So. Right. If you're willing to go there and put the time in, which, if I remember correctly, uh, if you go back. Uh, to my parents' generation, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they moved around the country for where work was. Right. We we were very we were much more willing, or maybe we still are. Maybe I'm talking out of ignorance now. My memory of the stories are <laughs> the good people, old times. <laughs> uh, the, uh, people went to diff- no. eastern cities, kind of to different locations for the jobs. No, Rick, you're right. Mobility is actually down. If you look at the numbers, mobility. I mean, we're we're a lot less mobile society these days, and 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 you know, economies that deal with sort of trend are sort of try to figure that. We're trying. We're always in a we always kind of, like I said, you know, we're, we have this self-doubt that always creep up. We're like the most insecure people you'll meet. Right, but, but you have so much data exactly. that conflicts, and you have to but, try to figure out what's true. But mobility is down, and I think part of the reason, I mean, we're trying to sort of grapple with this, and part of the reason maybe maybe because perhaps more, we're more of an aging economy now. We're no longer as young as we used to oh, be on okay, average. Okay. And, and on average, you know, older you people you know, tend to move a little bit less. Right. Of course, the housing market made it harder to move around. Right, that became was another very expensive, factor. Right. So, Right. So mobility is down. So some of that is structural. Some of it is probably just by the cycle because of the housing boom, uh, boom and bust that we just had. Right. Uh, but again, we'll have to figure it out to see the longer term trends. But it's actually quite interesting uh, that you mentioned because we are becoming less mobile than we wow. were before. And um, man, I have so many things that I'd like you to share with the audience. I have questions, and I sense you have data and probably some answers to those questions. So off oh, the I air, no, uh, I, I, I believe it for as fact. <laughs> I, take that to the bank, ladies and gentlemen. And, and so you'll know, one of the things that we talked about off-air was maybe having Dr. Farka become a more of a regular as a part of our program. And so I'm going to pursue that because I, love I that. want to talk to you about immigration and Absolutely. what that's doing. Because I think there's a lot of things that we need to have a, a, a dispassionate conversation about as it relates to our economy and to our people. And you have knowledge that you can help bring perspective if you're willing to do that. Oh, Rick, I would love to. Okay. It's, it's been fun. I really enjoy it. It's, a kick uh, it's, it's always been fun. Yes. And... All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to say this, but Dr. Mira Farka, is, her part on the Critical Mass radio show is, is coming to an end. Um, so if they want to find more information about, the, uh, about this business school, the right. Mahalo College of Business and Economics, uh, the, the work that you're doing with the forecast, really the right thing to do is get into the Cal State Fullerton website, right? And, yes, and it's find very the business easy. school. Yes, or and you can Google it. Go yeah. through there, type uh, Neil there. Puri, and see all the superstar stuff that he's done in the community over the years, huh? They should, yeah. I invite everyone. I think uh, we have quite a bit of a wealth of information there. We also have some special reports on international trade, which is very important. And it's focused on Orange County uh, exports uh, mostly, which is you know a booming market. So I think I, I, it's a booming opportunity, and, and it's an opportunity for our businesses to basically penetrate foreign markets uh, that is left sometimes unexplored. Oh, I, I feel you know we had a show so, a couple of weeks ago with a lawyer who helps companies, ex- middle market companies, figure out export. how to export. That's that that that's what we need more of. I absolutely. I agree. I think you grow your business by growing your market. 
Right. Sure. And, and if you can grow your market. And now, and I mean, now with the rest of the world sort of catching up in terms of income, now you're going to have middle class. You know, they can develop, the developing nations are actually now able to keep up in terms of purchasing power right. with uh, with the goods that are produced here. And, I, you know, that's, and we that's have really important. that made in America label, Absolutely. which for years inside the country was sort of a, oh, my God. Now <laughs> in the world, it's desirable. It is absolutely desirable. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's a, I think it's a little bit of a missed opportunity. Oh, I think but so. I think we're, I, I see positive signs, so we're moving in the right direction. You know, because I, I would like to do, uh, you know, I do once a year, I do my economic conference yes, at the Center yes, Club. Yes, it's, it's and I'd, lo- I'd love to do one on exporting for middle market companies because I think they don't know what they don't know about how, right. how, what's out there to help you, the government programs that are helping you, the, there's the loans, aid. There's absolutely, right. there's there's very reasonably, you know, sort of interest rates on those loans. I mean, it, it is it is a very uh, important, I, I, like I said, I, it's, I, I see positive signs, which is good. So things are moving in the right direction, but I think it was ignored for the longest time. Yeah. And I think, you know, I know there's, I mean, just to say one last thing, globalization has been tough for, for, because it displays jobs, but I think we're getting to the point where globalization will actually help us. Oh it'll my be a mistake. gosh, can you imagine that? It will be a mistake to pull out now. So, so we could be it. a net energy exporter, Absolutely. and we could be globalization could be a positive, not a def- not a negative for this culture. It'll finally be a positive now that basically the rest of the wages are catching it's like up. It's like we're in the 50s again, yes. right? I, yes. Mean, we, I mean, I think we're on the precipice potentially in this country with our energy and the rest of the stuff, the stuff that's going manufacturing, on. Manufacturing, high-tech manufacturing. manufacturing, for example, it's a very important uh, you, sort of area to explore so it's it's i think it's it's we we should we should look forward there's a lot of opportunity we have challenges but there's a lot of opportunities out there what well, okay ladies and gentlemen if you're listening to us live here you heard it first that dr mira Farker is going to become a regular guest on our radio show and if you're listening to this as a podcast search by her name m-i-r-a-f-a-r-k-a and you'll see the other shows that she's been on uh, critical mass radio show dr farka I cannot thank you enough for being a friend of the program, a part of our critical mass community, and giving so much great information in such a short amount of time. Rick, has been a true pleasure, as always, always is. Thank but you. I've really enjoyed it. All thank right, you. we'll be back, and I'm going to talk about the Mission Possible Women Helping Women Luncheon and Fashion Show that I went to recently, and I have some audio, and I just want to give you an update on that after these words from our commercial sponsors. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. 
Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.com. Welcome back to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I, as you may know, each month, the last show of the month, we feature worthy nonprofits that are serving the needs of Orange County and global residents. And uh, Women Helping Women, Men to Work is certainly one of those organizations. And recently they had their annual fashion show and gala. Women Women Helping Women, Men to Work is an organization that provides training, job training, job skills training, clothing, professional business attire for people who do not have the proper clothes to go on interviews. And what's really interesting, and you'll hear it when I when I talk to people who were at the event, and there are quite a number of people at the event. It was at the Fashion Island. Janie Walicki is the CEO, Chief Executive Officer. I have an interview with her. I also have an interview with Robin Williams, which we'll be playing. She's the Director of Programs. And one of the things that women helping women men to work have found during the recession, which is part of what Dr. Farka and I were talking about here earlier on the show, is that the demographic of the people that were in need really changed. It became more, if you want to think of it as middle class, people who were job displaced and lost everything, including their clothing, and they were really starting over. So they really had to expand their mission beyond women helping women, which traditionally they helped battered and abused women, to people getting back into the workforce as well, and men. And so they added women help women helping women men to work. It's a great organization. And I have select audio of just people that I interviewed, people on the board and just people that were there. So let's listen to a couple of those now. This is Rick Franzi with Critical Mass Radio Show at the Women Helping Women Mission Possible Luncheon and Fashion Show. And I'm talking to one of the directors. And you are? Paula Garcia-Young. Paula, tell me a little bit about your involvement in this organization. Why are you involved and why are you supporting this worthy cause? Sure, absolutely. Um, I'm a board of director, been on the board for two years, but been involved with the organization about five years now, and mainly just doing what we need to do, giving back to the community, um, helping women and men get back into the workforce, um, very involved in the Santa Ana community. I grew up in Santa Ana, and why not give back where I grew up, and it's just time to give back. What is it about this cause and this charity that you find so inspiring? I think the main thing is um, number one is we don't we do not charge um, we do not help um, do not charge our clients that are coming in who are already out of work who are struggling trying to get back in the workforce um, we're not only just dressing them getting them prepared for the interview process um, we're also teaching them some skills uh, maybe they need to be retrained on computers telephone skills interviewing skills we're doing all of that and again I, pr- I press the issue that we're not charging these clients we're really trying to help them feel comfortable confidence to get back in the workforce 
So this luncheon and fashion show seems like one of the major events for fundraisers. Does Women Helping Women Men to Work have other functions throughout the year? Absolutely. This is our main fundraiser. Um, but we do wine and cheese. Um, we do mixers. Um, we do um, big quarterly sales. Um, we have a store called Deja New that's in Costa Mesa where we are selling donated clothing that's higher end, maybe not workforce appropriate, um, boutique style, purses, handbags, and all of that money gets donated right back to the organization. Well, that's excellent. I want to thank you for your time and the time you're donating to this worthy cause. Great. Thank you so much and your time for being here and helping us. This is Rick Franzi with Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm at the Women Helping Women, Men to Work, Mission Possible Luncheon and Fashion Show, and I'm speaking with... Lori Rowan. Lori, I know you've been a longtime board member, and now you're on the advisory board. Why have you stayed so committed to this organization? It's been great. I've actually been part of this organization for eight years. I started out helping plan events just like this one, and then transitioned to the board, and I'm now on the advisory board. And I've just been blown away by the growth of the organization. Just eight years ago, they were helping so many less women, men, and teens, and now they've exploded. Their men's division, Men to Work, is amazing. They help so many men who've had you know, issues, maybe alcoholism, you know, gone to prison, and now need help with getting professional attire, getting the resumes, and getting basically job help with computers. So just seeing the success and seeing how many people they help has made me committed to this organization. And I would think uh, over the difficult time of the recession when jobs were hard to find anyway, it must have been particularly difficult for the people that women helping women men to work to find jobs and the service that they provide must have been instrumental in helping them to find a job exactly it with the recession so many more people needed jobs and these people weren't always the people you think of that were in shelters these were your neighbors these were your fathers your brothers your you know friends parents who maybe had great jobs but they fell into a position where they didn't know what to do and they needed assistance so WHW was so instrumental in helping those people during the recession get back into the workforce. And some of them now are succeeding and right back where they were before. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. This is Rick Franzi. I'm back live in the studio. There were 250 guests that attended this uh, Women Helping Women Men to Work luncheon. Uh, the purpose of the funds that they raised during, and it was a fundraising event, uh, is to support their employment success program. This provides employment readiness and support programs to challenge job seekers, including resume development, interview training, taped mock interviews, and other services image consultants. So let's listen to a few more interviews that I picked up during my time at this event. Hi, this is Rick Franzi with Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm at the Women Helping Women, Men to Work, Mission Possible, Luncheon and Fashion Show, and now I'm speaking with... Marcia Evans. Marcia, you're with Farmers and Merchants Bank, right? Yes. Can you say why Farmers and Merchants Bank chooses to support Women Helping Women, Men to Work? Uh, Farmers and Merchants Bank has uh, been... Contributing to the the community for many years, uh, we've been uh, owned by the Walker family since 1907, and all through those decades, uh, they've supported nonprofit organizations. And this is just another one that um, you know I fell in love with and introduced the bank to, and uh, uh, it helps uh, you know, clients find jobs and uh, build their careers again. And our bank is a, a strong supporter of that career building and really support families and uh, employment. 
So you brought this organization to Farmers and Merchants Bank's attention. Why did you nominate them as a, as a charity for the bank to sponsor? Uh, because they do help uh, clients find jobs and careers, and um, I take that personally because of my, uh, you know, growing up, my mom was a single mom, uh, lost my father when uh, when I was really young, and she had to support three, three kids and struggled through the 60s and uh, just trying to get out and, and get job uh, get a job and uh, what she did but it, it just you know that that connection I think really hit hit home for me and I met the uh, uh, director and just fell in love with the organization and it was just a you know organization that I can get involved with and just from my my personal experience um, felt connected that's very powerful on a lighter note this is a fashion show seems like it's going to be a lot of fun there are a ton of people on the other side of that door have you been to a fashion show sponsored? I've not been to a fashion show sponsored by Women Helping Women before. Have they done this before? They've done it every year, and it's fun. This year, we're actually featuring uh, clothing from our Deja New shop. So it, uh, we can shop there every Saturday. Come on down and, and join us. We'd love to see you there and find some gifts for uh, that special woman in your life. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. This is Rick Franzi with Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm at the Women Helping Women, Men to Work, Mission Possible, Luncheon and Fashion Show, and I have the honor of speaking with... Janie Willicky, Chief Executive Officer of WHW. So what do you expect from today's event? It's already a raucous event out in the lobby, a lot of people, a lot of energy. You know, this is a really great event to help people get connected to WHW to really learn about what we do kind of at a basic level. And then from there, we invite them to come into our center and see what we're doing and see the impact that we're really making for clients. So tell me about the impact that you're making for clients, because I know during the recession, finding jobs was difficult for anyone. And I would think it was even more challenging for people who didn't have training and their proper attire. Give us a sense for the role that your organization is playing. Right. So our role now is really different than it was just a few years ago. We're dealing now with a much more sophisticated job seeker, people who have never, ever experienced unemployment. Uh, And when you read the register, you'll see that the unemployment rate in Orange County is about 5%. Well, that doesn't include a lot of people. It's actually nearly 18% when you include all the people who aren't included, people who have never filed for unemployment, people who have run out of benefits, people who own their own businesses and lost it. Uh, So we're dealing with people that really need mostly just a little hand up. And so they're able to pick and choose which programs they participate in. They don't have to go through a series. Um, They can pick our professional apparel program, our educational job readiness workshops. They can work one-on-one with a job placement specialist. They can come into our computer lab. And we can also provide them with employment-related transportation. Janie, does that mean in addition to helping your traditional population now uh, have you has your mission grown then have you had to expand your services because of the need growing so much absolutely so in 2008 we were serving about a thousand clients a year this year we will serve nearly six thousand back in the old days which we define that as before 2008 we were serving largely women coming out of traumatic situations whether it was domestic violence divorce uh, health problems now the people that we're serving are your next door neighbor and your brother that's very powerful uh Tell me about what we can expect from today. It sounds like it's going to be a fun event. I understand the fashion show is an annual event for women helping women men to work. Tell us what we can expect. Sure. So we're starting out the day with a silent auction where you can bid on all kinds of fabulous items along with a complimentary martini bar. When we come in for lunch, you're going to see a video uh, that gives you a really great idea of the kind of clients that we're serving today, and you'll hear some client testimonials. 
There's going to be a very lively live auction after that, followed by a fashion show presented by Deja New, which is WHW's upscale resale shop. Last question for you. Um, what do you see people in the community who listen to my radio show, who are business owners of middle market companies, how can they help your organization? There are so many ways to get involved in WHW, whether it's volunteering at one of our apparel centers or in one of our other programs. Of course, donating financially is always wonderful. Donating your clothing so you can clean out your closets. We can take away that guilt for you. Hmm. Or you can shop for a cause at either our Saturday sale, which is coming up on May 3rd, or at Dejanu, our upscale resale shop, which is um, featured in the fashion show today. I, I said last question, but it made me think of one more. I, I've had a chance to talk to several of your board members. Are you looking for additional board members if somebody out there in the community would be interested? We are always looking for talented individuals that would like to give some of their time, talent, and treasure to WHW. So, yes, Rick, thanks for asking. Thanks, Janie. Thank you. All right, back to the studio. I apologize for the few others that I interviewed. Uh, we're just up against the clock, and I'm not able to air your wonderful thoughts. But I think for those that are listening live or as a podcast, you get a sense for it. The commitment that the people that are involved in uh, women helping women, men to work, have for the purpose and the mission of the organization. Just to let you know, they raised over $115,000 at that event, and that money goes right into helping people in the ways that you heard us talk about here on the radio show. So I'm very honored that they allowed me to attend and gave me of their time so I could get the audio, and I was really happy to be able to share with you a little bit of that experience. But it is time to end the show today, unfortunately, but I'd like to let you know that the goal for the show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills. This show is brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club of Costa Mesa. Our engineer today and knowledgeable person of world events is Paul Roberts. Our producer is Crystal Nunley, guest coordinator Kathleen Shepard. Our marketing strategist is Asia Celestino. Melissa Padani is our live events coordinator. VP of Sales, Rose Chamora, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about my business, Critical Mass for Business, or maybe you want to refer a future guest or even advertise on the program, visit the website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 